0: it's Pastor Rebecca and Jonathan Price will be joining us shortly he just had to go run do something real quick and he'll be right back Um, but we're coming at you with another podcast and I'm excited Um, I'm excited that you guys are tuning in and listening and so I just want to talk more Bible with you guys today and and more about Christ and um, I really wanted just to talk today about uh, it, it may be a little all over the place I hope not but we'll just start with what's on my heart and Go from there. You know, God has really been challenging me. We talked about big faith the other day, um, talking about having big faith and 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 believing in in the dreams that God gives you. And um, God has definitely been challenging me in the area of faith. And I don't know about you guys, but you know, I think different people work different ways. And I'm—I'll tell you who I am, and this is a vulnerable moment. But whenever I have to have conversations with people, or whenever I—even if they're little conversations. I always prepare for the worst and I really don't think that's a good faith move for me but I always in my mind will prepare for the worst like okay what's the worst reaction they could have like could they explode could they get angry could they cry because I don't like walking into into situations unprepared I think we're all we all can say that when it comes to the area of the unknown um, it's hard for us. You know, there's a lot of unknowns out there, and, and I think that is where faith lives. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Faith lives in the unknown. Um, I've talked before about how, you know, we're, we're such a tangible society. In America, we're so tangible. You know, we always have to have our hands on something. Um, and, and I think it's more of a I can believe it if I can see it thing we love phones we love ipads we love computers we love air airpods we love things that we can touch you know things that are tangible to us and i think because we are such a touch society it has affected our faith because we get to the place where we say we have faith about something but we really don't because then we start looking for signs and we're like well if I don't have a sign of something, then it must not be God or whatever. But God really does live faith. <coughs> hey, Jonathan, he hey. just walked in the room. Faith really does live in the in the unknown. You know, it's, and, and, and that again, as an individual, that's hard for me because a lot of times before I have serious conversations, I prepare myself. I, I visualize what their reaction could be, what their reaction will be, because I want to be prepared. And I think some of it has to do with past rejection as well. Um, And I think that's we could probably do a whole a whole podcast series on rejection and on the spirit of rejection. I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with is a fear of rejection, even though people say they don't, because rejection is never fun. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been. I don't care, you know, what's going on in your life or what your mindset is nobody likes rejection and if you think about it we were never built to be rejected we were always meant to be accepted and and you are and i think that's a wonderful thing about god and his love is god accepts you he loves you god is not going to reject you he rejects sin um because he can't look upon sin because that's not a part of his nature and who he is but he doesn't reject you because when he looks at you he sees everything that you were created to be he sees everything um he sees your spirit. He sees your personality, who he created you to be, and he loves you. And he just wants the best for you. So we are—we were never created to be rejected. But yet, because of sin, because of brokenness, because of things, we experience rejection, you know. And so I think, backing up to what I was saying before, a lot of times, you know, before we go into situations, we will prepare ourselves for the worst-case scenario. We will prepare ourselves for what's the worst that can happen? And I don't necessarily think that is a faith move because you don't take into consideration that it could be 100% positive. I know one thing that my pastor has has told me before many times, he's like, Rebecca, you always go to the worst. You always imagine the worst. And I do. And again, it's, it's preparing myself, you know, because if I encounter, I don't I don't want to be in a in a position of encountering something like that and I guess being caught off guard emotionally. I'm not um I'm not an extremely emotionally vulnerable person. Um and it's not that I don't I don't know, Jonathan, would you say that I'm intentionally um not emotionally vulnerable? Would you say that I do that on purpose, be honest?
1: Um I think sometimes yeah
0: you think I do it as a, as a protective measure?
1: I think sometimes um, i don't I think it's more protection of yourself and everything because uh, you just uh, wouldn't want something bad to happen from being vulnerable
0: That's a good point so <laughs> so according to to Jonathan you know um, and I would agree with that i I do think i I try to protect myself, but I think a lot of people do too, and I think that's one reason why I'm talking about this is we talk about faith. Um, but I think, you know, faith is not faith until you have to have faith when there is nothing in front of you, nothing that makes sense, nothing that lines up. That's true faith. And, and again, and it, and it, because it forces you to acknowledge a God that knows more than you. Again, these are things we've covered before, but I really do feel pressed to talk about them tonight. And and I think some of y'all out there who are non-confrontational people, some people are made to have confrontation. Some people are what we call a lion personality, man. It's like they they'll confront whatever. They don't care. I Consider myself a non-confrontational person. I don't enjoy confrontation. Now, can I do it? Absolutely. Um, I've learned over the years of being a leader in ministry, you have to, because you have to sit down and have hard conversations. Now, I do believe that I can have them in a way to where a person doesn't feel threatened necessarily, because I'm not somebody that likes to roll into a room and intimidate people. That's not me. I don't get off on that. I don't don't get my jollies off on, on intimidating and being. I don't like that, because that's not who God is. God is intimidating to his enemies, okay? But he didn't show up in an intimidating fas- fashion to the woman at the well. He didn't show up in an intimidating fashion to uh, Zacchaeus when he was in the tree, okay? So I, I like to approach people from a pastoral standpoint, a standpoint that says, you know, this person has emotions, this person is a, is a person, and they're experiencing life and they're going through life and i i want to take the time to understand them first and i want to take time to i I would rather have a hard conversation in a way where they where the point is across but it's not damaging to them and it doesn't con i don't condescend to them i don't cut cut them down you know that's me now there are some conversations where it's just gonna be a brawl because you encounter spirits, you encounter people with rebellion, you encounter people that are going to push back, you encounter people, and no matter what you say, and how, how well you say it, there are going to people, be people that are going to buck up at you no matter what. So those conversations do have to be very real, very straight to the point, very, I'm not going to budge conversations, and so you do have those things, um, but again... Man, I, I just completely forgot where, <laughs> why I led into all that and, and having conversations. But I guess what I'm saying is, you know, me being a non-confrontational person, that can be a very stressful thing knowing that I have to confront someone about something. And it's something that I go over in my head a lot and in my mind a lot. And I can do it and I can have it and I can I can be there. And sometimes, I'm not going to lie, if it's a spiritual conversation, if it's confronting an evil spirit in someone, Sometimes I'll want to go head to head with that, and God will have to remind me go behind closed doors and pray because that's where the battle is won. First is in prayer, so that's a big lesson for me. But I guess again, following up on big faith, God lives in the unknown. That's where that's where faith lives is the unknown. Again, it's where you don't you don't see anything. It's easy to say. That you don't worry and that you don't have faith when you have a little bit of something to hold on to. But when you're someone, you know, I think about people that live in foreign countries who literally, literally, they rely on the hand of God for every meal they have because they don't have the money to go buy food. You know and they literally have to pray and say God you are my provider you are my source I have to trust you for every meal I was telling Jonathan this um, the other day that there was a, I read a story about a woman who was called to um to adopt these children I don't know if it was in it from an orphanage or whatever and she had a bunch of children and she lived in a foreign country but they were poor they didn't have they didn't have lots of money they, I mean she had to she it was her responsibility to, to feed these kids and that they would, what they did, and this is faith, okay? They would have no food in the orphanage, none. They would sit down at a table. They would set down the plates. They would set out the the forks. They would set out cups and everything, knowing they didn't have any food. That right there is faith, because you're saying, God, I'm coming expecting. But then she would grab all the kids hands and they would thank God for the food that, that was provided they would thank him for that and every time she said every time someone would knock on the door with food and bring them food and feed those kids what a testimony to those children as God being provider what a testimony to the woman because she knows that in that case that even though I'm responsible for providing for those kids God is the ultimate provider but they had to live in the area of the unknown and I think what I think that other countries understand in faith a lot better than america does because america's a blessed nation i praise god that we're a blessed nation but i don't think we understand to the to the the depth of to what some people have to have faith for because we have so many materials here i mean you talk about our missions pastors talk about going to places like peru and you see kids that are using water bottles like strapped to their feet because they don't have shoes you know you see these things but yet you come to America sometimes and you have a kid crying at christmas because they got the wrong color iphone two different worlds you know and i know that's not everybody in america and that's not everybody's story but i'm just saying i think that our materialism here in america really does limit our faith i think it really does limit because because we I guess I guess we don't know to the extent of what true poverty is. It, it 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 um limits I guess our ability to have big faith in a lot of areas uh because we're literally not having to rely on God. And I'm not wishing that on anyone by any means. Uh but you know, I think it is harder for Americans to truly understand what faith is because and to take faith steps, you know? Um, because you, you even hear it in, in parents with their kids. You know, if if a if a kid believes that they need to move to another job or whatever, what, what's the first thing that the parents are going to say? Well, do they have insurance? Do they have this? Do they have that? I'm going to be honest with you. I stepped down from a job. I was making $33,000 a year, and God told me to step down to do ministry. I'm not making near what I made before. But when I first stepped down, you know, I I wasn't getting paid. I didn't get paid till six months later. Um, start getting paid by the church something because the pastor couldn't pay me, but I knew that's what God wanted me to do because he told me he's like, step down. And God told me, he said, because I told God, I was like, what am I going to do about health insurance? And he's like, you don't think I'm going to provide for you? And he has. He's provided for me. For five years, he's provided for me. Um, do I have health insurance? No, I don't. You know, I don't have health insurance. And some people would think that's a failure and because we we have this idea of the American dream. This idea of the american dream you've got to have health insurance you got to have life insurance you got to have dental insurance you got to have vision insurance you got to have the the family with uh three plus kids you got to have two cars you got to have a boat you got to have a three-story house that where does where is that in the bible where is that in the bible it talks about god's provision but where do you see the disciples living in three-story houses and living it up you know they traveled from town to town preaching the gospel and didn't take anything with them. And God's like, "It'll be provided along the way," you know. Um, or you look again at, at how God took care of His prophets and even Israelites in the in the de- you know in the desert. They were fed. They were fed manna um, from heaven, you know, and stuff like that, and quail and uh, and God. I mean, God provided for them, you know. And, and but it doesn't say that they were you know living in palaces or whatever so Jonathan what do you think about this I'm interested in just hearing your take on things and and about faith you know true faith in is in the unknown and what we what we absolutely can't see and what do you think about all this
1: so when I thought when we first started talking about faith and everything uh I've heard so I forgot who said it before but I've heard someone say faith isn't faith until it's used you know like if like for example, when you sit down in a chair, like most likely you are right now wherever you're sitting, you're having faith that it's going to hold you up. It could break every single time, but you're having faith. You know, we we use faith a lot more than we realized. Um, you know, when we hop in our car, we turn it on. We we don't think about it, but we're having faith that it cranks up every single time. And then we we become used to it so much that we we don't think it's faith we just say ah oh, this is supposed to do that this is supposed to then we build expectations of oh everything's supposed to go how I want it because it's how it's supposed to be but then we then when it don't go our way we're like man why is all this going going wrong i don't know why and a lot of it's because you lacked faith in some things and things like that like you like for example you could uh trying to think of just left my head I just the thought of a situation and uh, everything but um, goodness my mind went blank
0: that's all right see I'll think can, of it in a second see if you can think of it in a second I did want to comment I think that's so that's so good what he said we you know we really don't realize how much faith we have in little things and little operation you know when I when I talk to Faith about the kids in the classroom I, I I tell them a chair, I give them the example of a chair, and I'm like, you know, if I have a chair on the stage, and I tell everybody, you know, hey, look at this chair, man, this chair is strong, it's it's a well-built chair, you know, this chair will hold you up, you know, and and I I believe it'll hold me up, but I don't ever sit in it, do I really believe, do I really have faith that that chair will hold me? no, because faith and action go together, you know. But I mean, you think about it: sitting in a chair, uh, just anywhere, and 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 having the faith that it's going to hold you up and not fall apart. Do you remember what you were going to say?
1: Oh, so I was I just now thought about it. Everything. Then when we get into bad situations and stuff, we don't know what we what to do because you know we don't have a um, a chair to sit in. Which we'll use faith as a chair. We'll say, ah, oh, we don't. I don't know what we're gonna do I don't know what we're gonna do we don't have a chair to sit in when in reality God's like here it is faith you know here I am have faith in me sit in the chair and you could get through it and everything but um, it's it just comes down to exercising the faith because faith is the currency of the kingdom and you know currency is only good if you spend it if you're not spending it you know it's worthless but if you spend it, it has value. So you have to spend that faith, if you will, and exercise it for it to be there. Or else it'll just be, you know, you relying on yourself or you relying on someone else and not God. You know, because a lot of things we credit to people when in reality it was God. Like, for you could be like, ah, oh, um, man, I got... S- this person saved saved my life and everything. I think this person, you know, you build and alter that person, if you will. You idolize that person. You're like, man, person, person A saved my life. I love person A. I'm going to start giving person A all this money and glory, and I'm going to make a T-shirt. I'm going to post it on Facebook. I'm going to post it everywhere, when in reality it was God who put someone there saying, here, let's see if you believe in me versus... Just believing in something else that's it's like not an exa-
0: me. like it was an example of God's glory like God working through them right
1: yeah, God just wanted you to God wanted you to see him through someone else, and that's how you know he uses people but but you know if your faith was never exercised or in him in the first place, you'll automatically go to ah, uh, well, man, that person just you know glory to that person, I thank that person versus uh it actually being exercised and given the glory to God and everything?
0: Um, so there was a guy at our church on Sunday, and it was totally, I knew it was for me. Uh, there's a guy at our church that does poetry, and, and during Huddle, he gave, a, po- he gave a, a poem about faith, and he was talking about, you know, Jesus walking on the water, and it, and it kept saying, you know, it was like Jesus talking to his disciples, and it was like, I walked on the water, but you still don't have faith. I went to the cross and died for you and rose again, but you still don 't have faith almost like what is it going to take what is it going to take for you to believe like what is it going to take take for you to believe in Jesus and believe hold on one second and believe in um, in god 's word and, and and what he who he is you know how much is it going to take for you to believe what God said and who he is? And, I mean, you know, what is it going to take? I mean, God, and, and I think about that in my life. God has demonstrated his faith, and I don't, I really don't understand it. I mean, God has demonstrated how good he is to me over and over and over and over again in so many situations. I can go back and tell you so many situations of how God has worked in my life, but yet I still struggle with faith for the next level. And that, you know, when God calls me to do something you know, or go to another level. I still struggle with that, and it's frustrating because it's like, why? You know, why do I struggle with that? You know, and I think that's why the Christian life is is a is a constant, um, it's a constant place of growth. It's a constant place of growth, um, you know, that challenges you to go to uh, a next level, because God is not going to leave you where you are. He's always going to challenge you and present you with things that are going to take you higher. And sometimes, I think, especially in ministry. Faith is always going to be there. It's always going to be another level of faith that he wants you to go to. And I told Jonathan this. I've known that. I've known that God has been wanting me to do that lately because. So my pastor, um, he mean you should hear the story of faith that he has. Like he, God told him to leave his job and to start a church, and they literally did not have a paycheck. Like they did not have a paycheck, and he has three kids, but God provided for them. I mean, it blows my mind. But that's a scary place to step into when you literally... I mean, we even use paychecks and things like that. When you literally step into a place where you're having to depend on God, like there's no plan B. There's no backup plan. There's no, well, you know, it's literally God. I'm completely depending on you as my source, you know. That's a scary place to be, but I do know that that's one thing that that God God has challenged me to stretch my faith and grow my faith and and... In him, and say what What do you believe me for? Like Rebecca, you haven't had to believe me for this yet. So, do you believe me? Do you believe that I'll do this? That I'll open this door? That I will provide this? Do you believe that I will do that? You know, or or do you not? Are you going to show me? Are you going to do what I'm telling you to do? And are you going to show me with your actions and your life that you believe in who I am and that you believe what I say? I mean, God will test your faith if you don't believe. If you don't believe that God will, will, will test your faith, he will. Like, he will test it, you know, he'll test it in so many different ways, you know. I mean, there will be situations where you'll sit there and you'll be like, oh, I have faith for this, and you'll be preaching to other people that you have faith for this, but then God will put you in that situation and say, okay, well, you've done a good job preaching that, so are you going to live that? Like, if I put you in that same situation... Are you going to live that you know, and I think that's important that's why it's important, for example, okay, so at church i I like to counsel people about things, but oftentimes when people when married people want to come to me and they want to come to me with advice about their marriage, I can give them biblical advice and I can advise them on some things, but I have not walked the path of marriage I don't know what that's like, and so i I'm very limited in what I can counsel them on and what I can present them on. And I'm very big on if I haven't walked that path of life before, I can't, I don't want to be somebody that shed, that sheds a bunch of light or that counsels people in that area. Because, you know, now addiction is something that I can, I believe I can counsel. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know anything about drug addiction, you know, or things like that. But I do know about porn addiction. I believe, you know, I can counsel about that. And I can counsel about general addiction things but you know things that I haven't experienced in you know I don't I don't have I don't have drinking problems or things like that you know I I believe I could counsel people on depression things like that so you know I'm very big on unless I've gone down that path I don't really I don't really want to to I will help people and I will guide them to Christ and guide them to the spirit but I don't really give a whole lot of emphasis and counsel in that area because I don't necessarily think that I have a lot to offer in that area you know so but trust me when i tell you if you get up and you proclaim to other people and try to preach to other people and about faith in a certain area of your life don't think god won't test you in that because he will so be careful what you get up and proclaim because if you get up and proclaim depending on god for your finances watch if your finances don't take a dip and you're trying to provide you're trying to depend on god for that you know what in whatever area whatever area of your life so Faith is in the unknown. That's where it lies. You know, true faith is when you can't see anything in front of you and you say, God, I trust you anyway. So don't. So, if you're somebody like me that's that, uh, try, that always thinks worst-case scenario, that always thinks about, you know, in your head first, um, I challenge you to think more positively. I'm going to challenge myself to do that, and I'm going to challenge myself that before anything, before I doubt, I trust God first. So you got anything to add, Jonathan? I don't think so. All right guys, well we'll come at you with another podcast episode. I hope you have a great uh great rest of your day and we'll see you later.
1: See ya.